RNZ Pacific News, Maloni, I'm Seo Manutevam Tafai. New Caledonia's nickel crisis has prompted a call for a state of economic urgency. In the north of the main island, Glencore is withdrawing from the venture. The whole site is being placed in care and maintenance. In the south of the main island, a subsidiary of French giant Eremet recently had to be bailed out by a French government loan to avoid an ominous bankruptcy. The other southern plant is also trying to keep its head above water and reconstructing its stock to allow a major industrial partner to invest. Transparency International in Papua New Guinea says the abuse of Parliament's processes undermines public confidence and feeds corruption. TIPNG says all MPs are ultimately accountable to the people of PNG. Don Wiseman has more. The watchdog says undermining democratic processes not only erodes public trust but hinders the country's progress. It says the refusal of the acting speaker to allow a motion for a vote against the Prime Minister James Murape, followed by an adjournment until May, raises serious questions. The TI chair, Peter Aitze, says the motion's a fundamental tool within the parliamentary system, allowing MPs to hold the executive accountable. He says denying it without due process is an affront to the democratic rights of both the opposition and the people. Mr Aitze says it perpetuates a culture of impunity and weakens the already fragile checks and balances within the government, fueling an environment rife to corrupt behaviour. Meanwhile, Papua New Guinea's Cabinet has invoked sections of the Essential Services Act to ensure that there is a steady flow of fuel. The implementation of the emergency declarations follow the dominant supply in the market, Puma Energy, saying it will no longer honour its fuel cards, which allow people to buy fuel on credit. With fuel woes ongoing for over a year now, Prime Minister James Marape told the media these provisions were necessary to ensure the fuel supply does not jeopardise the nation. Cabinet recommended to our head of state to make emergency declarations and the emergency declarations were made and the declarations includes the head of state authorises the requisition and use of Napa Napa refinery in connection with fuel storage and fuel supply so that transport sector in our country services are not sabotaged. Retiring Marianas delegate to the United States House of Representatives, Gregorio Akilili Sablin, has endorsed the Democrat candidate ahead of the general election. The election is set down for November 5th. Mr Sablin says he will not be seeking a ninth term as delegate, instead calling on voters to pick Democrat Edwin Probst. Mr Sablin says he is handing over the torch to Mr Probst, who vows to keep the programs he's championed during his terms. The wife of Fa'anana Efeso Collins was one of many paying tribute to the former Greens MP at his funeral yesterday. A celebration of his life was held in Monaco. In her eulogy, Fa'anana's wife, Vasafia Collins, with their two young daughters by her side, thanked her husband for making every second count. Efeso was our hero, our warrior, our fierce protector, and now our eternal valentine. We will miss you so very much. I'm so grateful for the life that we built together. It's now illegal for anyone in New Zealand to support Hamas. Designating the political arm of Hamas a terrorist entity puts the country in step with its Five Eyes partners. 
Our political reporter, Anika Smith, has more. The designation freezes any of Hamas's assets here and makes it a criminal offence to participate in or support its activities. It brings New Zealand into line with Australia, the UK, the US and Canada. But the government says it's acting against the extremes of both sides of the Israel-Hamas conflict. It's introducing a travel ban on more than a dozen extremist Israeli settlers who have committed violent acts against Palestinians in the West Bank. Foreign Affairs Minister Winston Peters says recent statements by Israeli ministers about plans to build more settlements on the West Bank are of serious concern. New Zealand emergency doctors say they are incredibly disappointed there are no plans to continue a scheme that gave extra security guards to emergency departments. The government invested nearly six million New Zealand dollars to pay for 200 ED security staff over summer, but the scheme ended yesterday. The College for Emergency Medicine's Kate Allen says the success varied around the country. Some guards were not properly trained or even stationed inside the departments. But she says funding is needed to have guards trained in de-escalation and embedded in the EDs full-time. Kate Allen says some clinical staff are having to cut down hours to cope with the rising violence. These people are, are strong people who are coming to work and they're getting destroyed by the level of violence and aggression that they're getting exposed to. Te Whatuora says it will decide what to do next after reviewing the security guard boost. In world news, President Vladimir Putin has said Russia's forces are advancing confidently in Ukraine two years after he ordered the full-scale invasion. In his annual State of the Nation address in Moscow, he portrayed the conflict as a struggle for Russia's sovereignty and security. The BBC's Stephen Rosenberg reports. With the presidential elections two weeks away, this address was part campaign speech, part State of the Nation and State of the World, as Vladimir Putin sees it, with warnings to the West and promises to his people that life here will get better if he stays in the Kremlin. Apparently responding to President Macron of France not ruling out sending troops to Ukraine, the Kremlin leader warned of tragic consequences if that happened and the danger of a nuclear war that would end civilization. He painted a picture of a Russia that is growing stronger, more confident, more united. But objectively, there is also more repression here. Vladimir Putin made no reference to that. Cuba's government has for the first time asked the UN's food programme for help as food shortages on the communist-run island worsen. The World Food Programme says it has received an unprecedented official request from the Cuban government for help providing powered milk to children under seven years of age. The request is a sign of the seriousness of Cuba's economic crisis as well as a shortage of milk, fuel and medicines are also running low. In sport, the Crusaders coach Rob Penny insists he's not thinking about revenge ahead of tomorrow night's Super Rugby clash with the New South Wales Waratahs. Penny was less than two seasons through the three-year deal as Waratahs head coach when he was sacked in 2021, following five straight losses to start the season. However, he's adamant there's no chip on his shoulder. None of that. I just want our boys to play really well. You know, and relationships there have been really strong. I've got good affinity with a lot of people still back there. Circumstances were difficult at times, but um, no, it's more about the, our performance and what we do. 
Well, teams are playing at Amy Park in Melbourne this weekend for the Super Round. Tonight, the Highlanders play the Blues before the Rebels take on the Force. Meanwhile, the Fijian Indirua and Wana Pacifica have named their sides to meet in Melbourne tomorrow. The Indirua have retained their backline that played against the Blues last weekend. Prop Heireti Hetets, who was injured last year and missed the 2023 Rugby World Cup, is named on the reserve bench. Moana has named former Crusaders flanker Sione Havili Talitui as captain in place of the injured James Lane. That's your latest RNZ Pacific News and Sport. For more stories, go to rnzi.com.